Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today we have a special guest, DJ Nkawi, who is the founder and director of Art Glass Solutions. Uh, Jane, can you tell us more about what Art Glass Solution does? This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the Superscaling Ignite program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that your revenues can grow to at least $100,000 a month with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com ignite today and now back to the episode. Yeah, uh, we're a company based in Singapore and uh, we started in 2008, some time ago. Uh, our, our mission really is to enrich the environment, the lived environment that uh, we create around us. So that means uh, designing, making and installing artworks. And for me, it's really important that the artwork is responsive to the space and uh, really accentuates the space as well. This is a this is a great journey because you've actually started off as an artist and managed to transition into making art into a sustainable uh business. How does that happen? How how can somebody who is an artist uh do that successfully? Uh there's lots of ways that you can do that actually and everyone has to find the, their own way of doing it. Uh, I'm from Australia and when I was uh, living and working in Australia, I was making products. Uh, I'm a glass blower by training. And so I would make glass products and design them so that they would be saleable in a specific market, which was the, the craft market. So in Australia, like a long time ago, there was uh, a lot of craft shops and there were also a lot of makers. The craft movement was really beginning in the 70s, 80s, in Australia, uh, well, internationally actually, um, and especially for glass. Glass really came into the fore in the 80s, 90s. So I was making products that were decorative, um, bright and cheery, and sold in crafts, small craft shops and craft galleries around Australia. But when I came to live and work in Singapore, that was in the early 2000s, um, I realised that things are different in Australia, uh, in Singapore. The houses are smaller and so people don't buy as many objects, decorative objects, to have into their home. They really have more functional objects. Um, it was interesting because when I was in Australia, I was making objects sort of like this big, you know, sort of tabletop sort of size, utilitarian size. Um, I also had worked in Japan for a year. And when I was there, I started to design and make very small items because the Japanese like really small things. So then when I went back to Australia, I went, oh, I have to scale up again. So it really indicated to me that experience that it really depends where you are is what type of objects people need. Uh, and so coming to Singapore, I realized people didn't really need objects, but I found uh, a market making larger scale installations for bigger corporations and hotels. Uh, and I sort of pieced together that I had been on that track, you know, in my childhood, making big installations in my bedroom and so on. And I really wanted to install a creative uh, artwork that would create a space 
that would accentuate a space. So I sort of fell into that almost by chance through being here. But since then, that's my passion that I've really enjoyed to pursue, to introduce into a public space an artwork that is uh, beautiful, decorative, uh, links to the space itself, and also talks a little bit about the company that's commissioning the work as well. So I think artwork plays a really important role to not just decorate, but in form and engage people within the space that's awesome that's that's one of the core tenets of business that whatever solution product service that we are doing has to fill a need and that need is really determined by the market you can't just go into the market with a service or product that you think is great and then expect the market to to kind of adapt and and you know shift in order to accommodate and accept that um, I bet if you had gone the same way with uh, the mindset of Australia or Japan or Singapore and tried moving around with the, the exact same mindset uh, that what that it should be what the market wants, you would find great friction friction and great resistance to the, the products and the artwork that you'd be doing. Yeah, uh, that's the same case for business, any business. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, uh, I, I probably couldn't do what I do now if I was still in Australia. <laughs> because when I go back to Australia, I see that the attention to larger scale artworks really isn't there. And it's more a design aesthetic. So there's no real handmade creativity in the large scale art installations. So you know, I feel quite lucky to have been here to sort of come here and, and found a job but then gone on to start my own business and really sort of, you know, um, blossomed into a market that I was quite unexpected actually. Wow. Uh, so I think when, when whenever you have a talent or a skill that's creative, you need to sort of go and find out what's out there, what other people are doing, you know, how they're doing it. Um, and then, but then you need to find what other people are doing. Then you need to find a space, a gap in that market that people aren't fulfilling. And when you get in there and fill that gap in the market, yeah. that that's when you make a niche for yourself and you can actually specialize in that particular area. Absolutely. I mean, that's market research and developing a unique selling proposition. It's like all essential parts of a business. Uh, how do you how do you even you know start an art business here in Singapore? As somebody who's a you know foreign to Singapore at that point of time, you probably wouldn't have the connections or the local knowledge. How do you even like? start finding customers for this business that you created yeah well you haven't really created a business until it starts operating <laughs> so, so yeah it's it's sort of interesting that that's a really interesting question actually how did i start i think i just started with great optimism and sort of uh struggled on for a few years and i think the first three years of that business were actually really uh telling and learning and uh, i would write a lot of reports um at the time so each year i would analyze the people i was talking to and what we spoke about and and so the first year i was really dealing with interior designers but not getting very far the second year contractors were finding me but then they would just take my ideas and do them anyway so <laughs> not getting very far and i think the third 
year I started to touch base with interior designers and architects. And so if they wanted something unique or, or individual for a particular project, you know, they became the clients that started to work. Um, also, getting yourself out there and doing exhibitions. Uh, at the time, Art Singapore was like a trade show for artists. And so we showed in that uh, exhibition for three years. And most of the customers I have today, I, I found, you know, connections during those those three years. So it's really about promoting yourself. But the world has changed in 10 years, I tell you. It's changed incredibly. So, you know, everyone's talking about social media. I think it's important to be out there on LinkedIn and Instagram, places like that, uh, and, and really start to use those markets to get yourself known to start with. Mm. So, yeah, so I think marketing right up front is really important. Um, you don't have a business until you, until you start making money, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's finding that, that niche, the customer that really needs your product so that, you know, they can do well in their own life and their own business. Um, okay. Well, so finding that market, but then, you know, spreading the word so that people can find you if, if they need your services. Uh, here's something that people tend to think about marketing and I want to hear your uh, opinion about it. So some people think that uh, marketing is, is, is like a, it's like a bad word to them. They don't like marketing because it feels like they're selling themselves and it's something that they're uncomfortable with doing. Uh, what do you think of that, especially as an artist? Yeah, I think everyone's marketing these days. Like, you know, yeah. I hang out on those sort of uh, platforms a bit, but I'm just like, oh, well, everyone stopped advertising to me sort of thing. But I think it's about um, I've always been good at putting up a sign. I'm not so good when people come and knock on my door, and you know, to, but I'm very good at putting up a sign. And I was like that in Australia too when I was really just starting out, you know, in my early 20s or whatever. So I would put a, an advertisement in a magazine. So that's the same as putting, you know, an advertisement on Instagram or, or wherever. So uh, I think it's important that people know where you are and, and the service that you're offering. And then in the beginning, you don't know who your customers are. So you've sort of got to spread the net widely so that people, you know, pay interest and then the people that are really interested will come closer and, and you know, finally commission you to do something. So it depends on what type of product you're selling. I tend to sell an expensive big item, so I only need a few customers. But if you're selling a small, cheap, inexpensive object, then, of course, you need to find many customers because I only buy one sort of thing. Right. So, so, yeah, so then you have to go and analyse what your product is. But as a, a creator who's making, you know, who's passionate about what they do, um, if you want to go more on a, an exhibition um, uh, tract, so you don't want to sell a product that sells, but you want to make exhibition work, then that's a different way of marketing your product as well. Again, you need to be, I think, on social media, but then you need to find galleries and you need to make sure that they're good galleries that have the customers that will buy from them. Right. So, so, so that's being an exhibition artist is very different, I think, to being, you know, a commission-based or a product-based artist. And when you're an exhibition artist, you know, you still need to follow certain guidelines of, you know, saleability in a way. Uh -huh. But you can be a little bit more focused on your own 
practice and on your own passions uh, when you're developing your artwork. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to get back into gallery exhibitions, but I actually won't be selling anything in those exhibitions because I tend to work more with ephemeral materials because the artwork is about the process. So again, when you're an artist, you, you, you want to communicate something with the thing that you're doing, whether it's performance art or visual arts or audio arts. So you need an audience that's going to listen or, or see and appreciate in some way and, and give something back to you in some way. So if it's a sale or if it's, you know, a thumbs up, you know, it's, it's still that sort of communication that you have as a practitioner when you want to express an idea. So yeah, so it's really interesting being an artist and trying to survive and figuring out how to survive to, uh, especially in Singapore, because I think there's not a lot of galleries here, uh -huh. uh, but you know, the world is really global now, so you can select a, a, a gallery in Korea or, you know, Australia and, and try and, and establish a relationship with the gallery so that they sell your work, uh, your work but, but not necessarily in, in the country you live. Uh, and, and, you know, seeing like there's uh, anywhere that clients can come from, uh, do you have a process to, to choose clients then? Or is it anyone that you'll be able to work with? Uh, I don't really choose my customers. I'm actually, uh, I put some work in Australia, actually, in an in a exhibition there where I had to pay to make the artwork. So that was uh, purely speculative. But it was really great because I could make an artwork that I wanted to make instead right. of an artwork that, a, a, you know, a client was wanting to get something made like this sort of thing. Uh, and, and to see if there was interest there in my work. Uh, and I found that um, there was, but the appreciation and, and, you know, who would buy it and where they'd put it was sort of a, a different, uh, it, it wasn't sort of totally matching. And then I recently put some work in the exhibition in Belgium to see what's going to happen there as well. Wow. And, I mean, even me putting some work in there means that I get to see the exhibition and I look at the work and, and so I get to see what the market is really. So, yeah, when you're figuring out your market, you've got to try a few things that, you know, don't make any money um, to try and, and just learn more about what's there. Mm. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I was traveling a lot. I traveled all over the world and worked in different studios and countries. Uh, and so I got to see how people were working firsthand. Right. Um, if, if you have the opportunity to travel to different countries and, and get a part-time job or just work for free in a studio or something, you can learn so much from that experience to figure out what it is you want to do, but also where you can actually do that. How, how would you describe the difference in the various countries that you're, you know, having exhibitions in and having clients in? What is it that they are looking for that's different from each other? 
Oh, that, that's just too much to, to dive into. But no, they're different culturally, uh, but also the spaces that they have to feel are different. Uh, the histories, you know, of the different countries. Like it's been really interesting for me to look at the artwork in the exhibition in Belgium. It's a garden outdoor exhibition. Uh, and even the style of the work you know, I, I feel Singapore is quite a contemporary country. I think it's more contemporary sometimes than some of the Western countries wow. um, because there's always change and growth and the architecture is always refreshing. So it's really interesting um, how modern this country feels. When I go back to Australia, I'm just like, they don't have Wi-Fi here? What the? <laughs> so, so, yeah. So it's really interesting to just see all those different countries and see the different cultures. And even in Belgium too, it's very interesting to, to see the artworks and just think about the style and the technique and so on. Wow, cool. Um, so at, uh, with every episode of this podcast, there are two questions that I ask every podcast guest and I'll ask them of you as well. Uh, the two questions are, number one, what is the most important habit to be a successful entrepreneur? I think it's determination. You you have to be a, a fighter. I think especially within the arts industry, you have to keep going and, and keep doing, keep searching, uh, keep being reflective uh, to, to really sort of make it because, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Really, to be honest, it's really tough. So to be a, an entrepreneur and a, a, an artist uh, is even tougher uh, because they say that artists are the most highly trained and the most lowly paid profession. So, so we do train for years and we aren't being paid very much. So you really have to want to do it with a passion to, to be in the arts. And, uh, yeah, I, again and again I'll sit down and just go, not I really want to make this work. How do I make this work? So you've got to figure out uh, your own style and your own path, basically. Cool. To be determined. I think that's something that's essential in, in any field, uh, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur. Cool. And the second question, uh, what advice would you give to another business owner? Another business owner or another artist? Another <laughs> well, we could we could we could uh you know have it a bit more specific to uh maybe a a creative and a business owner, somebody that's looking into the art business. Yeah, I think it's figuring out what you do best and then really focusing on that. Uh, of course, if you're starting a business, if you want to employ other people, then it's about having a vision then for the entity that you're going to create. So, yeah, I think it's uh, having a, a, a stable end goal that's going to work with the marketing uh, work that you've done, the marketing research, figure out where you want to end up in the future, and then, then you've got to take the steps to actually to get there. So you, it, you've got to have passion, but you've also got to be methodical at the same time and do a bit of planning. Oh, man, that's 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 so... That, that that is literally what most businesses require to have a vision, right? Because if the business owner 
no matter what field you're in, whether you're a creative or a tech person, you need to make sure that, that that vision is first of all clear to you before you can build a team and tell the team, you know, where this vision, where this path, what the plan is. Um, and that is critical. I think that's one of the more essential things that a business leader, a business owner needs to do in order to really have a business that can be successful. And I yeah, think yeah. even more so uh, in the creative space. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's really tough too when you're an artist because really it is two different sides of the brain, I will say. I will sit down and write a business plan, but then I need to be a maker and they're yeah. different parts of the brain. So you really need to figure out how to divide your time, like just focus on the art making or then just focus on the business. So it's sort of divisive, so it's quite challenging, I think, when you're an artist or a creative. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, if you're really passionate and you really have that goal in mind, then, you know, you will split your time and your brain so that you can do both tasks, basically. I think one, 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 uh, some time for one quick question because I really want to ask you about this process that you go through. This splitting of tasks, it's, it's really tough. How do you, is there a process that you go through or, or some, a routine that you take to, to help you be in the right state for the right kind of tasks that you're working on? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm really successful at doing that. But at the moment, I have different spaces where I work in. So one space is where I'm really creative and doing my own work. The other space is where I'm doing the educational classes. So it's got a different energy. And then another space is more quiet. The desk is here. You know, uh, it's more private. And so that's when I do the thinking and, you know, the paperwork and so on. So, yeah, I think different spaces actually assists you to just walk to a place and then you're in a different headspace. So then you can take on a different task. Oh, I love that. Uh, people, people think that space or your environment doesn't matter, but it absolutely does. It helps shape thought. It helps put you in the right kind of mindset. It's, it's amazing. And, and this is the reason why companies who go on company retreats, take it outside of the office, go to a completely different environment because that environment is so crucial to putting you, your, your mind and your, your thoughts uh, in the appropriate situation, in the appropriate like, mindset. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Jane, how can the audience best reach out to you and Art Glass Solutions? Yeah, uh, well, I've got a website. <laughs> uh, hasn't been changed for a few years, I think now, but uh, my uh, email address is on there and my phone number as well. It's pretty interesting now. You can communicate via Instagram and LinkedIn, so many places, but pretty much uh, a phone call, a WhatsApp works, an email works to Art Glass Solutions. So, yeah, the more traditional ways of contacting me are the best way to get in touch. Awesome. Is this artglasssolutions.com? That's the one. Awesome, and I'll link that into the show notes below. Uh, thank you, everybody. This has been another awesome episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets where we interviewed uh, B. Jane Cowie of Art Glass Solutions. If you guys like this episode, please remember to like, comment, and share this episode with your friends. And I look forward to speaking to you guys on the next episode.